everybody, welcome to bonus episode of Life of Street Photography. I'm Ricky, and today I have a great friend of mine, Don Stevie. Uh, today we're just gonna do a little catch up and talk about some of his shooting experiences. So, yeah, welcome. Cheers, buddy. Um, yeah, bonus. I don't, I don't know if it's a bonus or a kick in the teeth, but uh, but thanks for having me back. Um, I think you wanted to talk about. Um, how my time in in Spain went. So I know um, you know last time we spoke it was something that you were keen to keen keen to hear about. Um, I'm having some work done on my house and and it was one of those sort of uh, you don't want to be in your house so I wanted to be you know I wanted to escape somewhere and uh, one of the options I had was was to go to Valencia for a couple of weeks. Um, so, so I, I lifted that option and, and lived at a hotel for a couple of weeks, and it was it was a, a pretty nice uh, city, I've got to say. Um, you know, for me, I think uh, uh, it, it's a place I've been before, but not not for any length of time. You know, just like a weekend. Okay. Um, uh, 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 but it's one of those cities that's got a, a kind of a great combination of, of of things. It's got a sort of an old town, uh, a kind of a gothic quarter, which has got those sort of little wiggly back alleys and mm-hmm. the great kind of um, atmosphere, a kind of a, a somewhat trendier vibe to it. Um, also, lots of sort of, you know, light and shadow contrast when you've got the strong light mm-hmm. um, and a lot of hustle and bustle. So it's 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 a, a kind of great target-rich uh, environment for, mm-hmm. for sort of the conventional street photography. It's also got a science park. Um, and one of the things I hadn't realized with Valencia is running through the, the spine of the city is, is where the old course of the river used to be. Uh, and there was a, a terrible flood that occurred, I think it was in the 50s, and it, and it killed many people when the river broke its banks and, and, and destroyed parts of the city. And so they, they redirected the river into a sort of a modern sluice uh, and the old riverbed has just become a, a park. Okay. And so it's a really unique kind of feature to the city that running throughout kind of the city is this, this um, uh, park, a beautiful park, but you end up walking under the, the bridge and all the bridges that would have otherwise been, um, you know, the course of the river. So that's quite interesting. And, and it ends up in this very, very... Uh, modern and spectacular kind of science park, and mm-hmm. and you you have seen it. Um, it's got these very sort of futuristic concrete buildings, and and there it's got things like you know theatres, uh, science museums, um, you know planetarium, aquarium, all these sort of um, you know opera house, really really beautiful sort of but interesting kind of uh, uh, architecture, and and, and again. Uh, it's it's great for kind of that that type of street photography where you want to have that that more graphic shot, let's say, with a a little person dwarfed against a, a, a bigger piece of architecture. Um, and then the other good thing it's got as a city, it's got a beach and a marina. Um, so you know that's again that's got a lot of uh, potential, right? For mm-hmm. for for. Um, you know, and, 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 and so, so for me, it was, it was just really good to spend, um, you know, a couple of weeks there. Um, no real agenda, um, no real sort of plans. Um, but with that, those sort of those options there and available. Um, and then the final thing I'd say is that it's just got fantastic weather. 
Um, it's going to sound really dumb, but you know, I got on the aeroplane in in London, and I mean, it was the start of October, I think, and. You know, it's the, the UK is obviously a sort of rock off the top of northern Europe, and and, and it gets a lot of conveyor belt of, of weather coming in from the the North Atlantic. And the reason we have <clears throat> such a good sense of humour in the UK is because we've had to develop that, or else we would have all uh, ended our lives sooner because of the weather. <laughs> um, but getting on getting on an aeroplane and flying, I think it's about two and a half hours. Yeah. I was wandering around Valencia and it was like 27 degrees. I had shorts and T-shirts on. And it's just like, I just, my brain was sort of struggling to, to figure out how this was possible. But um, I guess it just goes to show the earth isn't flat. Um, and I don't know why it's a surprise to me, but it was just a, an amazing thing. Beautiful, consistent light, um, very few clouds, mm-hmm. um, you know, a real, a real dream of a, 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 a location, really. So, uh, how you describe Spain, I can kind of picture it. Um, I've been to Mallorca and Barcelona. Have you shot in Barcelona mm-hmm. before? Yes, Barcelona. I mean, it's again there. It's I mean, I think for me the old part of Barcelona, the, the sort of the medieval town. That's that's a, a bit like some of uh, what you'll get in Valencia. And I guess many many Spanish towns still have that kind of authentic. Yeah. Uh, uh, gothic quarter, gothic I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also, you know, uh, Las Ramblas is obviously quite famous. And then, and also, they have these strange geometric kind of communal buildings uh, mm-hmm. in in Barcelona. I don't know when that was. I think it was in the thirties. They kind of developed them, and and it's quite interesting. But yeah, I've shot in Barcelona. Um, uh, but but for me, I just somehow I like the vibe of, of of Valencia. It's perhaps not it's not quite such a diva in in the way that Barcelona is, uh, but it's it's just a very relaxed and, and nice town. Yeah. So if I go to uh, the UK again, I do want to travel a lot more, and I want to explore a lot of Spain, and next time Italy, uh, mm. and then Germany. Uh, just be, for those gothic looks, the few places I've been to, uh, I I can just kind of picture it because I'm sure they're kind of similar in the in the look and the approach. But Barcelona was so fun. I loved it. Like you said, the light was just amazing, and because the buildings were, you know, they're they're tall, they're short, they're open, they're they're narrow. The the walkways, it just has some beautiful light cast and create some shadows uh, and then incorporating the only thing that I kind of regret was mm-hmm. not taking a digital camera with me to Barcelona I shot pure film which I don't mind it was it was actually a really good experience because it slowed me down uh, and and I'm yeah. glad because I, I would have been trigger happy so um, got that out of the way and I was able to slow down take my time and and find really good shots. Um, but I would have liked to have taken more photos than I did. Um, so can't wait to go back. Um, yeah, no, look, I think, I think that's it. I mean, we're very lucky in, in, in the location of, mm-hmm. of the UK. Obviously, uh, we had a small political wrinkle called Brexit here where we, we exited the European Union, which is uh, a terrible shame. And, and, and I, I'm continually apologizing to my uh, European cousins every time I meet them, whether it be the French, the Spanish, the Germans, uh, but um, 
So we do actually have to get a passport stamp now. But no, we're very lucky in the sense that we've got much of Europe two and a half hours away from us, you know, and, and, mm. and you can be in a completely different culture, different city, different vibe, different light, um, you know, and it's all within our, our easy reach. So very lucky in that regard. So when did they finally complete and finalize the Brexit? Because the day I actually arrived in England, they just mm -hmm. voted to for the Brexit. They approved it. That was that was day one mm -hmm. when I landed. And then I had three years and all I kept hearing was, oh, we're extending it. We're extending it. And then they tried to vote to stay back in the EU. Uh, and I guess now it's final and approved. You're, yeah, you're that, uh, I mean, it was a, it, it was a, a long, long running and, and, and very um, acrimonious uh, uh, and, and divisive topic, really, mm -hmm. uh, within the UK. Um, you know, and uh, the, the the referendum had had sort of d d divined that we were to leave, but unfortunately the, the actual mechanics of that hadn't been walked or, or thought about, right? So we yeah. said, oh, yeah, we're going to divorce you. And then it's like, yeah, but we all we live together. It. We share the, the car, the cat, the house, you know, everything. And so sort of the, the, the actual divorce was really the complex bit. The, 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 the decision wasn't. And so um, I think it was... I can't remember, but it was probably the end of last year we, we, we sort of uh, finalised it all and and, and, uh, and it became a reality. And uh, it's just a shame because, you know, obviously there's certain implications for those who are uh, resident in the UK or, or um, citizens of the UK in terms of, you know, when you go um, to, to Europe now, we have to have our passports stamped. We are, mm -hmm. you know, in effect... Uh, foreigners whereas before we were just all one happy family and also for those who perhaps can afford to stay out the country a little longer you know i think there's probably now something like a six month limit to how long you can actually live or stay uh, uh within a european country without residency which which again it's just it's just a faff it's just something that we could have done without but um but it still doesn't stop you know the the, the ability for us to to travel um, to these marvelous places, uh, uh, and obviously we, we still love our European cousins, uh, e even if uh, politically we have uh, uh, suggested otherwise. But um, but no, it's I, you know as I say, I found Valencia was really 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 spectacular city. Uh, it's got a bit of everything for, for the sort of the, the street photographer, and I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend uh, a visit. Okay, so uh, what would would you say would was your favorite? photo you made during uh, your trip to Valencia so um, that's a that's a, a fairly easy one to, so there's a couple that I took I mean I, I um, I'm very um, well I don't I don't like most of my photos and so so I have to work hard to like them uh, and I have to work hard to um, make a photo that I I, I appreciate um, and there was a tube stop or a, an underground stop or, or subway sh uh, a stop or, or, uh, which I had taken a picture at some two years earlier and in my mind um, I knew that I could do something uh, else there uh, and uh, very, very keen to 
go back there. So, you know, as I was there for two weeks, you know, it gave you it gave me a lot of latitude in terms of being able to kind of just go back to this subway station, understand the right time of day to be at that subway station to get the shot that I wanted. Um, why was I interested in this subway station? Along the course of the riverbed that I described, uh, that had now been turned into a um, a park, is a uh, a subway station called Almeida, and it has um, an east and west uh, entrance, um, and separated, in fact, by what the river would have been, uh, and two two entries and exits on 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 each east and western side. And those entrances or exits, depending on how you look at them, are constructed of, of a kind of a lattice work of uh, metal um, slats. And so when the light comes down at a particular time of day, it projects these absolutely fantastic, consistent, geometric uh, black and white stripes. Okay. And together with the background of the lattice work itself with the projected shadows, you can then get those kind of um, uh, shots where you know you can play with the light and shadow. And so in the past, I'd, I'd shot from down below. So I'd been on the sort of, not the concourse, but the sort of where you'd buy your ticket, looking out of one of these exits. And I'd got a good picture and I, I enjoyed it. But what I was really keen to do is get a picture of someone coming out of uh, uh, the subway uh, and be very much you know them in 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 their face and them being front and center within this kind of whole graphic of this it's like a zebra and you know the, the you've got zebra stripes going up to the right up to the left down to the the bottom right down to the bottom left because it's it's this sort of both the light and shadow cast but also the structure itself and what i wanted was to have someone emerging from that and um and I, so I went there, I understood the time of day that it would work, and it was around three o'clock for whatever reason at, 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 at that time of year. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I just basically hung out there. Um, and I, I just, you know, framed up for what I wanted. And then um, I got a group of um, tourists, bless them, they were coming out and, and quite a few of them were humping luggage, so they were nice <laughs> and slow. Yeah. And and just one of them happened to sort of come pretty close, within about a meter of of, of my twenty five mil, um, and I, you know, I'd framed up already, so I knew uh, that the frame was right. And then it was a case of just clicking as they came through, and uh, I got this one particular shot that I was very happy with. Um, so that was that was probably the one shot that I, uh, you know, because I'd accomplished what I'd, I'd wanted with that one. And then the only other one I think that I was I was happy with, although um, you know I, I, I kind of I was a little on the fence with was I was I was coming back from the um, seafront, and I think it was the time where school was being you know school was out, so all the kids were coming out of school, and there was the uh, a couple of young girls, and they were couldn't be more than. I don't know, seven years old or something, kids, and they're all wearing their little uniform, their little green skirt and their white tops, and they're all all the same, if you like. And there was one girl who looked, looked to be climbing a lamppost, and then behind her, her friend had a hand pushing her up the lamppost. And it, it was just a cute moment, um, uh, uh, and, and I felt it worked. So that was sort of the more... 
the less contrived shot more mm-hmm. just happened to be there happened to just shoot it um is it is it perfect no is it you know framed perfectly no but it, it was more a moment so for me those were the sort of the two that i i most enjoyed um uh, and there were others you know when i was leaving the airport in the business lounge um there was a corridor uh, uh just outside of the business lounge and it, the, the business lounge itself had frosted glass. Yeah. And then the sun was behind the corridor. So you had this kind of projection of people. And basically you had shadows mm-hmm. uh, walking past. And, and it, was, it made it quite an interesting uh, picture. But those were, those were probably the ones that I was, I was most uh, happy with. Um, the, the whole science park thing was a bit restricted this time because, because of obviously COVID. Um, you know, your free access to being able to wander in and about some of the buildings wasn't quite what it once was. So you had to only go in one entrance and only leave another en- exit. And so th- that sort of stopped some of the sort of more, let's say, um, you know, some of the freedoms that, that you had to sort of walk in and around. Um, oh, and the aquarium as well. The aquarium is fantastic. Um, I think it's the third biggest in in the world, uh, the biggest in Europe. Um, you know, it is, it is big. I, I've got to say I was, I was a bit of a love hate relationship with the place because I got some good pictures, but I hadn't realized they, they, they still keep marine mammals. Um, and, and, and it's, it was just very, um, just sad to be confronted with this. Uh, you know, they had beautiful big enclosures and everything was sort of wonderful. It was a very high-class prison, but <laughs> it, it was a prison nonetheless, you know, yeah. and, and I hadn't realised um, that they had those marine mammals um, captive because I think, but, but you know, a, a magnificent place, just uh, just uh, I'm very sad that they still continue with that practice. Right. Uh the last aquarium I've been to was actually in Tokyo, and mm-hmm. it was it was unique and different from what I'm used mm-hmm. to seeing. Um, but they had this really large. I'm a fan of jellyfish. I just like mm-hmm. the way that they just kind of swim in, in the same spot up and down. And they had this really really large jellyfish tank. It must have been hundreds. If not possibly thousands of jellyfish in there, and, and you know they light them up with the black light, so you get that really cool glow effect. It was just the most interesting, I interesting thing I saw. Uh, but it was like right around the time COVID started coming around, but it wasn't fully here yet, so uh, a lot of the attractions were closed. Uh, but I was able to see that. Um, Probably yeah, that, would like to it, see it again. Yeah, no, I, I, look, I think those, those, you know, I've got a, quite a few shots of people against the glass. You know, you get you get the ability to do a lot of the sort of um, uh, uh, silhouettes, right, because you obviously you've got the, the the attraction that people have sort of got their noses pressed up against and then you have the sort of the blue and then you have the exhibits, whether it be some poor trapped mammal or a jellyfish or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, so you've got that sort of potential. Um, the other one that I, I was working a lot with, there was a sort of a big curved tank um, and it, behind that tank obviously was a, the exit and the exit was then open 
uh, at all times. And so it looked like if you got it right, you shot, a, shot that glass at a sort of 45-degree angle, you could get the exit, which was a doorway, uh, projected onto the glass tank. And so if you've, you, know, you crank your ISO, you've got your depth of field selected as, as, as quite deep, um, uh, and you're just kind of how much you can get away with on the shutter there because obviously you don't want a blurry image. And the aim was to try to get someone coming in and out of that doorway, mm-hmm. and it looked like they were then projected onto the fish tank or in the fish tank. Uh, uh, so, so that was kind of what I was playing with there. But, um, you know, an interesting, interesting place to shoot aquariums, definitely. Um, but as I say, just, just a shame about the marine mammal captivity issue, which, uh, which kind of... Uh, uh, yeah, it didn't didn't appeal to me that bit. It, it, it ruined the vibe. Took it down a notch. Yeah, it took it down absolutely. I mean, it's just it, it was it was really they had two. I think they were minky whales or uh, you know white or beluga uh, whales, and uh, you know again they have this beautiful enclosure. Again, I say. I should probably moderate that word, beautiful. A very, very impressive enclosure, but again, I view it as a prison. And at the time that I was there, they started to separate them for whatever reason. And the screams and the squeals from the the, the, the whales as they were being separated was just heartbreaking. And, I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't buy that you need to study them. Um, I think we know enough about them now. Um, and I don't buy it either f- f- from a conservation aspect. Either. So, so, you know, there is no good reason. Um, and so whilst, as I say, I found it an impressive um, place, uh, uh, you know, had my time again, I wouldn't go back because, because of that. Um, but, but anyway, I mean, it's a personal choice. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't it just, just, yeah, left a bit of taste in my mouth, I've got to say. I got you. I got you. But it's good to to know that uh, beside that part of the trip, you had an overall great experience shooting there. Uh, how is London coming along? What is yeah, London, London's good. I mean, I, I there's a couple of places. I went to Paris I, I, the, the week before, I think. It was the photo kind of week in Paris. I, I, I hadn't planned um, to go to the photo week, but Paris was beautiful. Uh, again... You know, it's just it's an iconic city, right? I mean, it's 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 one of those ones where if you see if you watch an American um, <clears throat> superhero movie, um, and you know the American very American centric, and I, I'm being cruel here. I'm sorry. Um, and they and they 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 are you know they want to give you a flavour of the the aliens haven't just attacked America; they've attacked other parts of the world. Um, you know, they'll flick to the a picture in London of obviously the Houses of Parliament and Big Ben, and you immediately know, ah, the aliens have attacked London. And then obviously the other go-to is is the Eiffel Tower in, oh, yeah. in Paris, because then you know the aliens have attacked the, the French as well. Um, uh, uh, and so, but yeah, I mean, it's it's full of uh, iconic uh, places. It's 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 really really um, fabulous, and and the weather was good. Um, and I just, you know, I was there uh, not uh, to, to, to photograph, um, you know, so, so I had limited time, but just wandering around the place is, is magnificent, you know, and uh, as I say, that's another place. And again, we're very, very lucky to, to be able to just get on the uh, Eurostar uh, 
from one of our major uh, railway stations here in London, and then and the next minute you're or two and a half hours or two hours later or whatever you're in Gard Nord in uh, in the middle of Paris, which is fantastic. So that was nice. But London, London is. Um, yeah, London's full of life. Obviously, with with the whole COVID thing, um, you know, restrictions have been lifted here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of people out in the street. Um, you know, the life is kind of slowly uh, coming back to normal. Well, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. You wouldn't you wouldn't know that there had been a pandemic. To be honest, um, you know, the, the the all of the legal restrictions in regard of uh, wearing masks have been lifted, and 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 I think that's a little. A little premature, if, if if I was being honest, um, you know they're they're doing a lot of work on the the vaccination program. But what you find is then that you know life has returned um, to to the streets of London. Um, the lights have been pretty good. It's it's obviously winter time here, so you get that low yeah uh, that low light. Um, Did the solstice so happen yet? What's that? Did the winter solstice happen? Or is it I only it, in summertime? It has. I think I, I think it has. I mean, not not that I I set my watch to what happens at Stonehenge, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I keep my druid robes hidden away. But um, <laughs> yeah, I believe I believe I believe that's officially happened, and it's now properly winter. Um, but um, but you yeah, know, it's 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 been pretty good. We've been pretty lucky so far, um, and it, obviously it's it's. Uh, autumn here as well, or fall, as, as again the, the Americans rather strangely call it. Um, uh, and it's um, yeah, I mean, beautiful, beautiful trees and, and, and good low light, and uh, no, it's it's full of potential. I got you. So uh, I know CJ went to Paris, and mm-hmm. he, he absolutely loved it. Um, the next time I'm in England, I think the three of us should all should all go shoot Paris. Like, yep. you know, just plan a trip, and that's all we're gonna do. Um, the reason, I mean, I've been to Paris, so I, I know what you mean. It's it's a very beautiful city. Uh, I think I just had a really difficult time learning how to shoot there because it was new. So mm-hmm. uh, my initial experience I was I was a little underwhelmed um, yeah but I do I do want to give it another go so uh, I'm not discounting it yeah look, I think I think <clears throat> I mean my technique and let's be honest I'm, I'm you know w- w- what do I do if I go to any major city <clears throat> you know you, you can you can how do you how do you improve your chances of, of getting a picture well mm-hmm. you know okay there's you're always going to be limited by your ability right which I am uh, uh, very much so, uh, but mo- most of, of, of the kind of the views I have is like, well, what, what do I do? Let's look for three or four set pieces where I know that if I went there and I carried a camera, chances are I should be able to get something, right? And so when I went to Paris, um, you know, I made sure that I um, – visited some set pieces right and and likewise with valencia as i said you've got the gothic old town you've got the the science park you've got the beach and so if you can fit in wherever you go um some of those set pieces chances are you know you you visit the crime scene and you're there just trying to catch the criminal which is the picture you know and Mm -hmm. and for me that kind of helps because at least you know you know you, you might have a day of nothingness but then if you go to some place where there's enough 
interest there that you know there's a shot that's going to be uh, available for you, then you might catch something. So, so kind of, I, I managed to do that uh, in Paris. Um, I got a couple of shots, nothing that I would rate as as, as fantastic or good, or but um, but I think that always helps for me. Just making you know, just doing a little bit of. Uh, forward planning to say where where looks good, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So for example, the classic is the Trocadero in Paris, which has got that clear open view, and then the Eiffel Tower in the background. Now I didn't go there, but it's 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 a clear you know place that a lot of people go, and you can get that low down shot. I yeah. think Elliot Earp with with the, the the umbrellas and the rain and all of that classic kind of shot. Or you've got the Tuileries Gardens. Um, and you've got that little pond where the kids play with the little boats. And the, and again, if you hung out there long enough, you're going to get a cute picture of a cute little kid with a cute boat. Is it a cliche? Absolutely. But yeah. who gives a shit? You know? So there's, for me, it's kind of knowing where those places are, those set pieces are, and then just weaving them in and, in and around your normal day, right? Um, and that, that always helps. So I, I was actually a little... Um disappointed not in in paris more at myself because the last day i was there i shot at the i, I don't know how to pronounce this so i'm not even going to try but you know that that church that's like at the highest point of paris yeah that one and it's yep. like the art district we have all the the mm-hmm. artists painting people and yep. drawing them i had the most fun there in I would say it was probably about two hours, and it was just mm-hmm. probably my personal favorite shooting uh, day at, in Paris. And I was upset that I was actually leaving as soon as I was there, so I only had a few hours before I had to go back to work. Uh, but it was that was just probably the most fun time I had there, uh, and, and I had mm-hmm. fun exploring the city. But shooting, shooting wise, that was for me uh, what stood out the most. Yeah, I, I think it's it's. I mean, and these things you just put away in your memory bank for for the next time you visit. So the yeah. first thing you do is, is you know, again, you'll you'll say, okay, well, last time I was kind of conscious that I had to get the plane or the train or whatever, uh, and so I was kind of there shooting, but not really getting into it. But I loved the place. Yeah. Answer your first full day there. You just say, right, this morning. I'm going to spend it in Montmartre, and that's it. And then off you go, and you can spend you know half a day there without the kind of the the need to, to have um, you know to worry about your exit plans and just and just relax. But I think that's that's all part of the experience of life, isn't it? You sort of you, you put away in your mind what is it, where is it that I'll shoot when I next go back. So uh, that's definitely one for the itinerary for your next visit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then there's obviously the. Uh, one other place I want to get to is at least like the little area right in front of Moulin Rouge. Uh, okay, yeah. That's yeah. only because that was the bucket list, but I didn't get a chance to go there. Um, and I just, I want to see it. Uh, and then, you know. Uh, yes, yeah, it's north. I think, I can't remember which the adjournment uh, or the district is, but it's it's somewhat north. Uh, 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 and... Um, West of uh, it's probably about the same same north as Gard Nord, but but west a little bit, and I think it's a little bit more earthy. There's flea markets, there's sex shops. It's a bit more um, characterful, let's say, yeah. or characterful in a different way. Uh, uh, um, you know, and there's there's probably quite a lot of um, interesting 
uh, scenes you could take there, yeah. Um, you know, I, I stayed in a very nice hotel in the Opera District, uh, uh, and, and again, it's it's yeah. I mean, you mm-hmm. you, you you sort of you. It's probably not the, the most target-rich environment, you know. When you when you know your hotel's got the on a road with an Aston Martin dealership, you're probably saying to yourself, "It's, it's not going to have the the same earthy." You know, in your face qualities as, as perhaps you know where where the Moulin Rouge is, uh, uh, but you know it's it, you can always travel there easy. Yeah. So you're saying all these uh, words, and it's just triggering my memory from from other parts of Europe I've been to. Uh, so well, I'm, probably I'm probably murdering the the French words. Oh no, 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 I'm not worried about the names. But you were saying sex shops, and I don't know why, but I instantly thought of Amsterdam which was an amazing shooting experience. Uh, I was just a little sad. I was only there for one day, uh, but I made the best out of it. Uh, but yeah, I think we need to do like a European tour and just go to like all these great cities and places and just, sh- just that was it. Just shoot, 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 shoot. So Yeah, I, I look, I think, I think it's, it's, you know, once your uh, posting ends in, in Japan or, or you get reposted somewhere else, if, you can, if they can put you in an envelope and send you to London, then, then you'll mm-hmm. be, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be a good, good to have you over here. And uh, as I say, there's, you know, we're just so lucky to have within easy distance uh, all of these great cities. I mean, Amsterdam I shot um, and <clears throat> I like the, the, the museums there. Um, I, I can't recall the name of it, but it was a modern art museum. Uh, and that's the one keeper that I got mm. from Amsterdam. Uh, and I also do a lot of shooting, strangely enough, from my hotel windows. Um, <laughs> I've got a good couple of shots that I've kept in, in um, you know, from, from Zurich, uh, mm. from South Africa, from New York, uh, all of which I've shot from my hotel window, um, uh, and I just like that kind of high angle. Yeah, uh, shooting the Cortez uh, style. Exactly, exactly. So, so, um, but yeah, no. So, so Amsterdam, beautiful place as well. Really, really impressive city. Um, yeah. So, um, any plans to travel somewhere in the near future? So, so obviously, we're what is it? We're almost—it's scary to say—we're almost a, a, a month out from from Christmas. I think probably what I'll do is I'll I'll hunker down uh, in, in the UK for for this this month, run, run up to Christmas, whatever, um, and uh, and then maybe in the new year, you know, the January February time where it gets mm-hmm. really grim and and depressing, and you've forgotten what the sun looks like. Um, you know, then then I might um, then I might go travelling. But but what I will do, I'm, I'm actually um, thinking about in the meantime is is so I've I've had in in my ownership over the years a number of fast lenses. I've I've owned the the, mm-hmm. the Noctilux Zero Nine Five. I've owned a, a Hyper Prime Zero Point Nine Two. I've owned a fixed focus radioactive. Zero point seven fifty millimeter, all fifty millimeters. But I sold them all because how often do you shoot at, uh, at those sort of crazy averages? Well, it's just it's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, beautifully stupid. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah I get it. Um, 
But what I, I have been attracted to on the internet, uh, uh, and it's not what you're thinking, is um, th- there's quite a few offerings that have come out from uh, our friends in China, uh, and they've, I think, you know, they're, they're masters at mimicry, and they've they've knocked out a 75 1.25, and they're only about 300 pounds. Yeah. Or a 90 1.25. And it's dark, it's miserable here. Uh, and, you know, but it's Christmas time. So you get all of that lovely... The light. Uh, yep. All the lights out of folks. So I'm kind of regressing a little bit here to maybe wanting to be that eight-year-old girl that's inside me yeah. and just wants to take pictures of Boca and, and the lovely out of focus. So what I might do... This is a confession time now. So oh, no this, the, Let's hear it. This is between you, me, and the rest of the group who are going to listen to this, is that whilst, you know, probably one in 300 shots I'll shoot a, a shallow depth of fill or, a, you know, narrow, a very wide aperture, I'm actually now getting tempted as we roll into Christmas, this dark month, but lots of festivities outside, investing in something from China that is, you know, huge, heavy chunk of glass that I won't mind then just leaving on the shelf for the rest of the year. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. You know, I resented. I resented paying the, the 10,000 US dollars just for it to sit on the shelf and me take pictures of flowers and then mm. one picture once a year of somebody that is a vanishingly uh, shallow depth of field. Whereas if the sunk cost is only a couple hundred, 300 dollars you don't resent it so much right know. because yeah so so that's 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 kind of what i've been thinking maybe maybe getting a 75 125 or a 90 125 and, and just sticking it wide open and then just kind of Play, going through this going to town so I promise you whenever i do these podcasts i never keep my cameras next to my my ipad when i'm recording uh, it's just so cliche, um, but I just came back from shooting and I ha- I happened to have my camera. And it's funny you mm-hmm. say you, you wanted to get a 75 because um, just yesterday I reached for my lens that sits on my shelf and it is the Voigtlander 75 uh, 1.5. And I've been shooting it wide open because we get the lights and this... I would I would probably recommend this one over the China one. It's a little more expensive, but even shot wide open, the the rendering it creates is just amazing. If you can nail the wide open focus critically where you want it, it's it's amazing. So, um, but yeah, that's the seventy five I would recommend. Uh, I haven't tried any of the Chinese, the TT artisans, the Seven artisans. They sound the same, but they're completely different brands. Um, but yeah, I've seen some of the results on YouTube because I was looking for a 75 focal length. Yeah, I look, you know, again, I I, 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 I shoot street photography. So, so most of that is about context. You know, I need my, and most of it, you know, I shoot my cheap 25mm Voigtlander. Yeah. Yes, I've got my my 35 you know, a spherical Summicron and my Summicron 50, which I love. Um, and I've got a, a, a bits and pieces from Zeiss. Um, but, um, 
you know, and so, so what am I doing? I'm shooting normally, you know, wide field of view, uh, small aperture, wide depth of field, deep depth of field, uh, and getting context and, and whatnot. And that's, that's what street photography is about 90% of the time, but, or 99% of the time, but yeah. <laughs> it's just as the lights disappeared and I thought, and yes, I can run around and zap people in the face with my flash and that's all fun, but I just felt, you know, maybe, maybe I got that itch again for that that kind of big, fat chunk yeah. of glass. You have to know I'm an innate an enabler, so I'm just gonna go ahead and play devil's advocate and tell you mm-hmm. to to just scratch it. Um, it, yeah. it is fun, and like you said, the cost you don't feel so bad for the the lower under. I would say a thousand. I think anything under a thousand mm-hmm. is kind of affordable. Uh, and and like you said, you don't feel so bad when you just leave it on the shelf and you look at it and you're like, why am I not shooting this lens? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's that's it. Because you know, as I say, it's, it is what it is. It's it's literally a bit of fun. It's a bit of mm-hmm. you know. The, and, and does it work? You know, yeah. Occasionally it works. Occasionally you can get something, uh, uh, but most of the time it's it's pointless. But you know what? Um, that's 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 as I say. Why investing the five hundred bucks or three hundred bucks or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. You don't feel so bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say. Uh, Look into the Voigtlander if that's something you're interested in. Uh, if not, um, the Chinese ones, not bad either. So, no, I, I look. I, th- I think it's it's it's, and I'm not. I, I when I uh, I own the as I say the the, the fifty ninety five from Leica, and I owned also a um, SLR Magic. I think it was. Hyper Prime, which was zero point nine two. Could I tell the two apart uh, uh, in terms of the the rendering? Not really. I could only tell the difference in terms of barrel distortion. Uh, uh, the you know the SLR Magic had um, a greater barrel distortion, but again, you know Lightroom, you can correct all of these oh, yeah. things easily. So, and also, I didn't shoot a lot of architectural straight lines wide open to be honest so it wasn't something you'd, you'd, you'd readily notice but for me um yeah it just it just came to mind recently i was just thinking oh maybe maybe i should uh look at investing but there we go that's a bit of gear talk which uh yeah i don't normally oh, indulge no myself. It's, it's the same same as us so whenever we do get to talk about it, it it's fun um but we know we're not going to make our best photos using point nine five so no it's no, awful no. no no it's it's but it's it's uh yeah it's just it is it's just i think the the dark sort of the darkness that comes early you know the, the, the sun disappears at whatever it is three thirty in the afternoon and then you've got all of the sort of the festivities and the christmas lights and all of that and you just think oh maybe a bit of fluffy out of focus kind of all the laws everywhere Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, I know it's early over there in England, and I would like for you to go shoot. Um, so before yeah. we wrap this up, I just want to ask a question, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, it was something that I was talking to someone on the other side of the world about, and I, you know, I was just kind of curious on, on how other people see this. But uh, what is your take about staying relevant? Or being relevant, just relevancy. Period. Yeah. What is your opinion about that? I think um, I, I, 
you know, I, I do. I think there's there's in, in that question there is a, a deeper uh, sense there of of what's your purpose. Um, do you believe you have a purpose when you take photographs? And if so, what then that purpose would be? Uh, uh, and, and therefore, within that purpose, you could seek to, to justify your, your relevance. And what do I mean by that? So if I look at, um, you know, if we, we separate street and photojournalism, photojournalism, I think, um, you know, is a bedfellow of street photography, but is, is principally a journalistic endeavour um, to convey a message. Uh, uh, and so that document, uh, along with the narrative that a journalist might attach to that document, conveys a message and a story uh, uh, that then informs and um, you know, gives life to that uh, particular circumstance or situation that the journalist is covering. And... So for a journalist, at least, the relevance would be then to uh, capture something of a current event. Uh, uh, and therefore, the relevance is imbued uh, into the photograph by the relevance of uh, uh, you know, the, the, the event itself, it, whether it be current. So, for example, a relevant event that I might take a picture of today would be COP26 or you know, there's a lot of climate protests and people who feel that you know, the economy and everything is, uh, society itself is geared up against uh, our aims to become carbon neutral and, and, and uh, reduce greenhouse gases. So if I were to go and take some pictures of, of a climate protest, for example, you could say very much from a journalistic standpoint, that would be pretty relevant because it's high up on the, the agenda of, of what's being discussed. So that's journalism. On, on, a, on a street photography uh, standpoint, it depends what you want to do. Again, here it comes to the purpose. What do you want to do with yourself in terms of street photography? Now, I have no and have never had any desire to do anything other than take a nice walk, take a beautiful picture. And beauty to me is, is the relevance. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, about, it's about very little else for me. Um, uh, and, but to go out, get some exercise, you know, prevent me from taking up golf or dressing in lycra, lycra. And, and, you know, and, and, and cycling around on expensive bicycles uh, and take a picture that I enjoy and I like. And I, I, I feel happy and fulfilled in, in doing so. And for me, that's the only relevance I need. Um, you know, it's very, very distinct from journalism in as much as the relevance is what I give it and impart it purely on the basis that there is no message that I need to convey. There is no relevance greater than that which I attach to it myself. And everything else can go to hell. And, that's, and that is relevance for street photography for me. Do I want to, is there an on-trend that a lot of people are taking this type of picture and therefore must take that kind of picture? Maybe. Do I care about it? Not at all. I am the sole arbiter of what I feel is relevant to me, for me, and no one else. And again, it's very distinct from how I described journalism, because there, clearly, the agenda is set by the news or people, the broader consuming public who would want to understand the topics of the day, uh, uh, and what they see as relevant, 
that's that's a different agenda, and and that's set by you know the the the, the, the need to convey a message and a story in a journalistic endeavour uh, uh, that is relevant for the consumer of that story uh, today uh, and the world today. And again, you know, the great example I'd give there is 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 the climate change and the climate protests, for example. You know, if I was to take a picture of, of I don't know, something that was completely irrelevant, I wasn't high up on the news agenda, then again, you know, it's, it's fairly cut and dried as to, to where that would sit on the relevant scale. But for street photography, again, uh, uh, there is no purpose other than to do uh, and for beauty and for myself. And so the agenda and the relevance and all of that is set solely by me. Uh, 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 and so that question uh, uh, doesn't, doesn't really have any meaning uh, for me in terms of street photography. I can understand it from a journalistic standpoint. Yeah. Uh, um, and perhaps, you know, if, if you wanted to become commercial, I, I, again, it depends what your objectives are. If you wanted to become commercial with your street photography, then, you know, you're then saying, what does the audience consume? And again, you kind of almost go back to, you flip it on the head and go back to the journalistic view. What, mm -hmm. what is the relevant uh, story? So what is it being readily consumed from a street photography standpoint? What, what, what are people wanting to see? And if you then take that as the benchmark of relevance, then on you go, take those pictures. But for me, it's, 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 it's a, a question that, it doesn't exist for me in street photography. The only relevance is that which I attach to a picture, myself and myself alone. Okay. So, yours or ourselves, because I, I, I like how you said that. So, um, our self-interest and our self-happiness are our relevancy when it comes to street yeah, photography. Yeah, it's, it's the only, you know, the relevance that you attach to a picture is, 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 is paramount mm. for street for me, because, again, street photography, uh, uh, and again, I break it out from social journalism, right? Yes, they are very close bedfellows. If you were to look at the result of a street, you know, a street photograph and a, and a journalistic mm -hmm. uh, social documentary, you may not uh, necessarily be able to distinguish, uh, uh, you know, they may be indistinguishable. But I, I always say that the journalistic endeavour is to you know, uh, impart to the reader, the viewer, a story, uh, an, uh, a journalistic narrative uh, that conveys, uh, you know, w what is important uh, for that reader or viewer uh, uh, at a particular point in time. And, and you know, that, that to me is what journalism is about, right? Conveying and, and, and giving you a view of what that, what's going on. What, you know, I'm not in Afghanistan, for example. I'm not... Mm -hmm. At the COP26, so I don't know. I don't see a lot of these things. And, and what journalism does, it gives you that view into these stories that are of relevance to us in our lives today. Street photography for me isn't that. To me, street photography is catching the serendipitous moment. Uh, uh, it is a joyful pursuit uh, and one which I do purely for the hell of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and therefore, there should be no one setting that agenda other than uh, uh, the driver behind these uh, two two eyes. And that's it. Yeah. See, that's why I, I love talking to you because you always have the best answers. And it's, it's like you got them just stored in the bank. So I, I do appreciate very, 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 very much um, 
your take on relevancy, uh, and I feel it's important very, for all of us to. Very, very kind at saying that I'm I'm full of shit. Uh, no, 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 no way, sir. No, no, no. But I <laughs> look, I have very definitive views on the world, so I think it's mm-hmm. you know, and you know what, I can be terribly wrong, but but you know what, if if if, it, if you do something for yourself, mm-hmm. and you're doing it for yourself, it's not like you know, uh, 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 I'm not doing it for anyone else. Then then that that agenda is very much. You know your own, and so I, I can get the idea if if people, you know, want to sell their images, and they say, right, street photography. The purpose behind my street photography is to market it. Well, then that's a different question because again, that that relevance becomes what is consumable or what's 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 marketable, right? And therefore, you need to pitch your street photography or adjust your street photography and your street photography habits and all the rest of it to produce images which are marketable and would then be readily consumed by whatever is marketable today, right? Mm. And that might be something that is different from what you do. And therefore, you need to then strive to, to adjust your street photography to be marketable. Yeah. But I have no interest in that because it's not the purpose uh, uh, that I... I I don't have that purpose. It, it is purely for my own uh, enjoyment. Entity. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Meditation on life for me. Yep. Very, very well. Uh, so, well, thank you. Uh, I do appreciate it. This was a great chat. Um, All right, I buddy. hope you do go out and capture some great images. I love to see your your little self-portraits with the flash and all the zappings. Um, okay, buddy. Yep. Take care. Well, have well, a great day. Uh, and thanks, thanks for this catch-up. I appreciate it. No worries, buddy. Take care. Yep, you too. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Don Stevie, everybody. Uh, Great friend uh, and always has great things to say. So thank you. Bye.